Good evening and welcome to The Real Study with your hosts, Mr. Snippets. Welcome back to The Real Study, Black Girl Marvel. But I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Mr. Marvelite. Not knowing anything about the film. All the movie things. You know, and like I was locked in right away. The pre-review with Super Gummy Guru. Pre-review. And me, the real study movie voice guy. Let's go to the poster wall. Good evening and welcome to The Real Study. This is Season 1, Episode 29, and I am Mr. Snidbits. And with me, as always, is Black Girl Marvel to my left. And tonight we do, also, of course, have Mr. Marvelite. <laughs> no all the movie things and no guest this evening. And oddly enough... I'm the guest now. Yeah, you, you are not. You are definitely a solid host <laughs> on this show. Um, tonight we're doing uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, also available on Disney+. Plus. If you guys want to check that out, if you haven't already, hopefully you have. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll get into those other three movies here in a few minutes, but uh, let's move over to the drive-in and say hi. How are you guys doing? Doing all good. right. It's, doing been good. A, it's been a weekend. I will tell you, I will just say that. Whew, I'm ready. I'm ready for the week so I can get back to the next weekend. <laughs> You're ready to get through your week for the next weekend already. Yes. And the weekend's still. I'm feeling. We're still on it. Uh, I'm with you. Um, I have so many things to do tomorrow that I'm I'm weirdly anxious to get to them so that it can be done. Anyway, that said, uh, we are going to review only one film tonight. This is a strange uh, real study episode. We usually do at least three films. Uh, yeah. But this was, uh, let's just call it a snafu. So uh, we'll do one episode or one movie, and then we're going to have a, ge- a generalized discussion for anybody who wants to join that discussion and or talk to us in the chat and we're, we're open to topics and, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. First of all, we've got a, a chipmunk movie to talk about. Yes, we do. <laughs> Who wants to talk about the chipmunks first? Lots of I'll go for it. Okay, go, go for it, Mr. Marvelite. Hopefully, hopefully I'm not, the, the, there's a dissenting view from mine apart. Listen, okay, so first of all, This is not a movie that I think was in many people's radar. I feel like this thing kind of just was like, oh, they're going to do this. It's going to go to Disney Plus. Yeah, that sounds neat. It's going to be probably like like a throwaway Disney Plus movie. Um, And then for whatever reason, Disney decided to do something with this that I didn't expect. And that was go like full Who Framed Roger Rabbit um, to, to the point of where um, I was reading. I was I was reading about something about this movie, and it was like, how did they get? And okay, spoilers, if you're watching and whatever, I, we're gonna be dropping spoilers. But even to the point of where we had Ugly Sonic, and they were, mm-hmm. I mean, they were referencing characters from other properties that Disney doesn't have the rights to. And what's funny is, the director was asked about it, and they never got permission from Paramount to do that. They just made him visibly different than the ugly sonic that was in the trailer so that they could reference him and they always call him ugly sonic they never just call him sonic they always called him ugly sonic and so they basically bootlegged all of the characters that they referenced from other properties that they didn't get the rights for the lawyer just made sure that they were like they were crossing the t's and dotting the i's and we had all of these um these uh these easter eggs from other other things which i thought was very interesting and it was very much a play on itself. It was a joke to the whole, like, um, you know, like the genre in, in a sense of like these 
these characters. The only thing that I will say, and I don't know if anybody felt like this, but um, there was a bit of an upset with Peter Pan being the villain. Really? Because they made Peter Pan this villain who aged out and was basically washed up and the studio wouldn't take him. Um, he goes off and is basically on the streets and he goes to a life of crime. It is very similar to the human actor who played the voice of Peter Pan. Um, the kid was actually mm-hmm. hired to do a whole bunch of stuff and um, he voiced Peter Pan in the, in the movie. And when he hit puberty, Walt Disney dropped him and he ended up like living on the streets and homeless and ended up dying at the age of 30. So, so like a lot of people were like, that's a little bit too on the nose. Um, but ultimately I liked a lot of the stuff, the, the references. Um, it was definitely something for me cause I'm, I'm a huge Easter egg like fan. And so just kind of going into it. And I will say, I told you guys, I didn't like Andy Sandberg, but I really liked him in this movie. Like I thought he did a great job. Which, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm a hypocrite now. But like maybe it's only because he was right he was right next to John Mulaney in this, like like voicing these two characters. And I thought they did a great job. And then of course, we 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 did a an Andy Sandberg movie that had J.K. Simmons in it. And then mm-hmm. again, this week we're doing a J, you know, an Andy Sandberg movie that has J.K. Simmons, Simmons in it. it, right? Yeah, it's it's almost to the point of where it's it's kind of ridiculous, but I I loved it. Um, but that's my initial thoughts. So you guys go ahead and you know eviscerate it if you want. <laughs> Lala, what do you got for us? Okay, well, we all know I always wanted to do more like animation type stuff. So mm-hmm. this was like a nice, this is nice. And like Who Framed Roger Rabbit might be one of my favorite movies. So like nice to see this, to see that type of genre, I guess, come back in more of an updated way was uh, pretty cool. Um, I used to watch Rescue Rangers as a kid. I, I probably couldn't tell you any episodes because that's how long it's been since I've seen the episodes, but I know the initial characters. Does that mean you're the Harry. villain? No. Sorry, that was one of their Maybe. theories. Sorry, that the villain Maybe. wouldn't know episodes. Um, no, that was, and I was thinking about that too. I was like, is she shady? But they, but they, <laughs> but they played it back. But like, I don't know. Like this, this movie was like filled with like a lot of nostalgia, a lot of like, I just felt very comfortable in this movie. I don't know if that's weird to say. Like, I just felt like, okay, what else could go wrong? But it's gonna go right at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt mm-hmm. so comfortable watching this film. Um, I've always loved Andy Samberg, so there was no denying that it was really great. Um, I feel like John Mulaney is one of those actors who, because his voice is already kind of like comical and animated, that he could be any character and make it something. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, just make it something. But I did like a like a thousand Easter eggs of like different characters across different things, like. John Mulaney is on Big Mouth on Netflix and they had a Big Mouth character be one of the cops in the pre-scenes. It was just like to see all these. I honestly feel like this film is genius. I really do because just the plot itself made a lot of sense. Um, To touch on what Mr. Marvel was talking about with the whole Peter Pan thing, I didn't know that about the OG, like the, the, the voice actor. With that, with me not knowing that going into this movie, and that being the catalyst for like why he's like the bad guy, I actually liked it. I liked that they took like something as like he was like Peter Pan was kind of like the first. He wasn't, but he was like in a way. I think like with their animations, like up there as like some of the first to like 
you know, um, do like do like Walt Disney and that company like justice. And I feel like that was just a good little turn off his head. Like he did grow up, he did age out, and then you know, in his very real life, like even though it was like animated, like you can see that happen. It's not like to like an actual like to somebody in real life. So to Mr. Marvelite to like show us that that did, that did actually happen. I don't know if it changes how I feel about the movie, but I just thought this movie was genius to have it so that he 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 changed them in ways that like made them bootlegs. I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I like literally laughed out loud when that was. It's just I don't know. I thought the writing was great. When you bring something back as nostalgic as like Chippendale or any kind of like Scrooge McDucky, Darkwing Duck, because I do want a Darkwing Duck. Because when they were saying that, who in the doesn't movie, want I was Darkwing like, Duck? Right? I was like, do Darkwing Duck next? But like when you bring something back like that, it has to like be nostalgic it has to like still be a smart plot or something that you can kind of like get through like some meat and potatoes to it and it and it i feel like that's hard to do and i feel like this movie kind of nailed it all right all right so i i loved how they basically turned it on its head and said that they're just actors in hollywood and you don't get this as often in films and i do appreciate that they even explained their voices not being high pitch right i love mm-hmm. that they were like those were characters that chip and dale came up with for their chip and dale mm-hmm. which we have plenty of actors that have done you know themselves on variety shows and other various shows so like i like that there was a referential to television and movies mm-hmm. going way back yeah. um i did i have one thing that i that bothers me and i'll get it out of the way and then we can talk about the positive stuff because i did enjoy this movie i did have fun with it but turning dale 3d and then not turning Chip 3D was odd. Um, mostly because they then did cartoons later together that were 2D, but Dale was still 3D in them. And they show all of that. And I thought that was really, really strange, especially since they had the plot device to change Chip into 3D or change Dale back. They had the Chip's plot Chip's body's Chip's choice. No, no, I'm not saying they... I'm saying that the plot could have changed it. I'm not saying that those... You know, I'm not, yeah. not saying the bad guys or any people I, should have. I, I'm not saying Chip should have done it to I, Dale I, or vice versa. No, no, I wouldn't want it to change because I feel like, even though Mr. Marvel, I said my body, Chip's body, Chip's choice, I do feel like that's a part of the thing. Like, it showed just how different they both were. Like, to, to me, that's how I looked at it because it showed, like, Dale was the one... I think. Yeah, Dale was the one that was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm more with the times. I'm more like he's on Instagram. He's like, right. he's, more, he's on TikTok. He go right. get, he's on TikTok, right? Like, of course he would go get like plastic surgery. Whereas Chip is like, I've learned how to live this nice, mediocre, like clean life. I like who I am. I don't need to change anything, but also still kind of lives in the past. I love that it, it just didn't change. Like this is who I am. I but, guess, I don't you know. know, I think the... I just kind of looked at it like that. Somebody mentioned this movie was like a fever dream, and I think it's because of the 3D. <laughs> if the 3D weren't there and it was just Roger Rabbit style, I think this would have worked even better. I think this would have been like an eight and a half, nine, according to IMDb. It gets a 7.2, by the way, which is still a solid rating for an animated movie. Um, yeah, on a streaming service? Especially absolutely. for a streaming service, like not a th- release to theater film. And and right. I, do, you know, I, I don't think this is like Moana. I don't think this is, you know, inside out, <laughs> no, yeah. you know, but I do, right. I did have fun. I wasn't disappointed. This wasn't 8-bit Christmas to me. Like this was the nostalgia, the, I, the nostalgia in that one I had problems with. This one, the nostalgia worked for me because I was 12 when Chip and Dale came out. So I like, 
Of course, I was still watching cartoons because look at me. I still yep. I still do that. You know, anyway, so we still watch cartoons. We're right, exactly. About. So like when I was 12, I wasn't I, I might not have like run around telling my friends I did it, but I still watch cartoons. And yeah, but once you found that friend that kind of slipped up and you realized that you both like the same thing. Right. Then we would talk. That, in that secret, then became right? your best friend right. immediately. Absolutely. And we would talk about it in secret or, you know, what or they'd come. That was like me with Power Rangers. Yep. Right. Exactly. So I really did love the show. This one, Tiny Toons, uh, all the shows in the early 90s or late ni- yeah. late 80s, early 90s were like my super jam until I got to high school, whatever. Uh, and then it all stopped. So I did appreciate most of the references, but, but this came back around. This movie was more adult than I expected it to be. Uh, there were some references mm-hmm. that were kind of disturbing. Uh, and then, like you were talking about, Mr. Marvel, like, like it's... It, it's almost like Disney self-referentiating their evil empire in a way. But but here's a here's and aware of it, but then sick of people ripping them off. So they they joked on they clowned on those people as well. They clowned on everybody. Like they literally clowned on Nickelodeon. They, yeah. Like they were just like. But you know, everybody if they were in the really depicting Disney in this. Like they would have found all those bootleggers. Like the, the police wouldn't have had a chance because Disney has bloodhounds that goes after bootleggers. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a thing. But um, what was what was really funny was. This movie immediately reminded me of another movie that kind of did try to do this. And as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's not cartoony, but it was like the same concept. Um, and I was waiting for them to go even darker, but they never did it. And I'm like, okay, this makes perfect sense then. The movie I'm talking about is Happy Time Murders. Mm-hmm. This movie was very referential in the same way that Happy Time Murders tried to be without being gross and unnecessary in some cases. And of course, having Melissa McCarthy, like that's another thing. But, um, but it was it was definitely like I, I could see where they were going, where they were basically just kind of messing. I mean, I mean, they even did like like some of the characters were like bootlegs of their own Disney properties. Like, um, yeah. like the baker was like definitely the Swedish chef. Right. Um, you know, or it was like like even Ron Ray Jack ended up being Dumboed. Like they yeah. they turned him into yes. another character of Disney. So like, yeah, there was a lot of that. Um. I didn't like how they sidelined Gidget again. Like, I know, I, you know, that bothered me a bit. I wanted to see her. I was excited to see more of her. Yeah, um, I was. I, I didn't it, mind that the fly could her, talk. Like, they referenced her a couple of times, and I was just like, oh, you about to go get her. And then it was like, no. And then they did it again. I was like, oh, you about to go get her. Oh, no. And it just, I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going to bring her in at the end, just tied in just so you can say that they had everybody else. Yeah. And they referenced her being more successful than the rest of them. Cause she was like on popular mechanics and stuff like that, but yeah, they so. didn't really give her like, like, I'm sorry. I, as much as I love chip and Dale, like I really liked Gidget. Like I, that was my fan character. favorite. Like that's a fan exactly. favorite. Like, yeah. But I think they knew that they couldn't bring her in until the end, because if they did, it wouldn't be chip and Dale. It also been about her. Can we can we also talk about how when they had Baloo in the movie that they gave us the the like new Jungle Book Baloo rather than Baloo from freaking uh, Tailspin? I think well, yeah, because he got the three D surgery. I, I understand, but he wasn't even wearing the Tailspin outfit at all, even at Comic Con, which he should have been. But I guess since he had the upgrade surgery, that the CGI surgery, which I think was right, that and was he's a presenting sh- himself as his last role. I know. Like, I understand. That's the role he's popular for, and that's how that's how Comic Con works. I understand they they, com- yeah. they did logic it through, but I would have really did. had a little bit more nostalgia with him 
with the pilot, you know, outfit and like, you know, I don't know. That's but the me. the amount of jabs that they gave to animation, like Uncanny Alley and uh, that was Polar disturbing. Express Eyes. Oh, yeah. Uncanny. And then Seth Rogen Alley meeting is, himself. Yeah. That was all amazing. Oh. I love that scene. All his characters Perfect. that came in, that was so good. Was like, <laughs> like they're all doing the like, like, that's why I feel like this film was just like in my book. I'm just like, looking at you with your dead eyes. Genius. No, just, I'm looking right at you. Sorry, Rollo. Who would have thought of these? Who would have thought of these little things to put in? Who would have thought to be like, oh yeah, Seth Rogen has voiced a lot of characters over the years. Let's put them all together in one scene. I thought that was hilarious. I, they've I gone the on Twitter and they've listened there. to people memeing all right. of these things. Right. That's that's exactly yeah. what they did. I mean, we had Jimmy Neutron hair. We had, I mean, like we had well, we had Dumbo the Dumbo years with 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 him being Dumboed. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just so many little things. When, and then, when he when he became that big that big amalgamation of everything, he had like one of Woody's legs. The Wreck It Ralph. No, they were all villains. No, they were all villains. So you got to look. No, you know, they were. No, they weren't because no, he had Woody Woody's, was, he, Woody's he had leg Woody's was there. Leg. Really? Woody's it was, leg Woody, was, there. It was yeah. Woody's leg. It was also Optimus Prime's leg. Yeah. He had Zerg's hand with the gun. With, and then Wreck It Ralph. Shoulder pad. Wreck It Ralph. I got from the Ninja He had Ursula's voice at one point. And the Cheshire Cat's face. Face, yeah. So that's why it made, it made me feel like they were all villains, but I don't know. I, I, now I have to rewatch no, but, it. No, but it was it was literally Woody's leg, and then they even had the Shredder's um, shoulder pad, which, like, I went back. I did it with a, wa- a watch party. I'm like, did you see that? And you had to go back and look because it was definitely it was like Shredder's. Because like that whole that whole scene, until they did the they they referenced the cartoon that they kept showing over and over again throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it definitely felt like, um. Ninja Turtles 2 with the Super Shredder at the dock. Oh, yeah, at the dock. It did. Like, I was I waiting for it that. Did. Yeah, yeah, it did. I can I agree to that. It did. That's why I think this movie is just so funny. It's just so funny. It's smart. I feel like we need more movies like that that don't take themselves too seriously. Oh, he's as a kitten. They can just That's come on and, like, just come on and put on a show and just, like, go. It doesn't have to be, like, a deep thinker or something. You got to, like, really sit and digest. This was just, like, a fun thing to watch. A weird, fun thing that you wouldn't think you like, but yeah again I, th- I swear if they had just not done 3d or at least at least here was my other thought because this was part of my thought from earlier had they had it be like a natural thing that all tunes progressed into cgi naturally like they couldn't shoot they couldn't choose it just was what happened to people like we all evolve as a society and so their societal evolve their society evolving would be the CGI evolving. Right, but if they were the yeah, same but... as us, it wouldn't have been like a fun movie to see something like that. And they're supposed to be like, kind of like living in our world. I mean, this was like generations. It was like of, mimic um, our world, but yeah. I thought it was funny. I mean, I did like the, the you know, the black and white news and it was the, you know, the like stretchy armed, like wicked yeah. old character. She's like um, 3D in your face. I was right. like, that's, yes. And that's like, can we say like J.K. Simmons character was like a direct reference to Gumby and like never once was Gumby mentioned, I think, except for no. I think I think um when he was in that battle with the girl, um she called she him mentioned something about Gumby. Rubber or Gumby. No, or that stretching. was at the that was at the end. That was at the end when he was in the ziploc bag, like the evidence yeah. bag. And she was like she was like, You you like low budget Gumby, are you yes, like, that's there it something was. like that? I, I love that he kept getting yeah. stuff stuck to him and it was like a nuisance in his life that kept happening. And then he and then he brought it up like he was just like, Is it on my face like silly putty? Remember right. silly putty? And I'm like, Yeah, I remember silly putty. <laughs> I did like the the villain that was just like no, not just money. Like I like these villains in the last ten years where they're just like, here it is. Here's the plot device. I don't care if you know. Mm-hmm. Let's just move forward because the more important part yeah. is that you're going to stop me. Um, and the fact I'll, that J.K. Simmons played this Gumby character, but it was like 
it was almost like a direct reference to him playing Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt like like it, yeah. it felt so much like it. Um, and then like going back to like the ugly Sonic, um, when when the, it, this 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 was like so meta for me when he's like, I need you to help us quick, and he's like, I don't do fast, I do slow, and <laughs> that's because the only time we ever saw ugly Sonic in the trailers was during those slow motion um mm-hmm. uh, gangster's paradise you know yeah, soundtrack yeah. um motions and that was all we got to show how ugly he was he never was fast in those trailers it was always in slow motion so like i love the fact that like, i don't do fast that's the other sound i got you slow i do like that they were at comic-con i do like that it was full of past you know i was surprised not to see a muppet though honestly i like I was shocked that there wasn't a Muppet at the Comic-Con of, of like, older celebrities. Um, you say that. Is there a Muppet behind There's a Muppet behind you. There's a Muppet behind me? My... Yeah. Yeah, I think Kermit's looking at you. It's Kermit behind you. I think that's so funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so um, they can't see him, though. That's what's funny. No, oh, he, peeks, so he peeks over your shoulder. Oh, I can. It's cut off right <laughs> here, yeah. So, but there is an Einstein over each shoulder. Um, that is actually a, a little baby stuffed Einstein. Because mm-hmm. I'm weird. Uh, anyway. Are you? Ch- mm. A little bit? Okay. Yeah. Doesn't look like it to me. It looks like if Tiffany and Einstein had a baby. Like, it looked, like I was thinking, I was thinking it was like from, um, <laughs> I was thinking like it was a little figure from Dark Crystal or something. Like. Well, if I'm just gonna, I mean, we're, we got time. We're just, we're just hanging out today, anyway. Yeah, come so, on. Um, okay. So yeah, this is uh, as I throw him on the floor. This mm-hmm. is uh, Stuffy Einstein. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. 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 <laughs> Baby Einstein. Yes, because he's oh got equals MC squared diaper. So, oh, nice. Yeah, he's awesome. kind of weird. And then I have my Amelia. I was this is a rated R show. Amelia Earhart. Stuffy. Oh, million. Oh, million. Yeah. So now I'm now now you showing me those two characters specifically. I want to go watch uh, Night at the Museum. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Oh no, yeah. Then I think yeah. I think I might have showed you guys this before, but this is my um, stuffy. <laughs> this is my stuffy zombie virus. I like this guy. Oh. So. Uh-huh. Do you call, do you call oh. him COVID nineteen? Um, no, but Blind Biggie was saying Amelia Earhart from Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> I, I didn't see that episode. Oh, probably. there's there's lots of no, there's lots of reference. Look, it's yeah. it's literally a zombie virus. That's its name. Zombie nice. virus. Do you know? Do you know, like it was, since we're off topic, like a little bit off topic anyway? You know, um, there was a game that when I was at work, I used to like playing on my iPad, um, called Plague Inc. Oh, yeah. It was basically like designing a, a virus that could like wipe out the entire world. Mm-hmm. I have not wanted to play it since COVID nineteen hit. Of course not. Too much like real life at all. Yeah, no, I don't play uh, Pandemic, which was one of my favorite board games um, anymore. And I don't play Two Points Hospital, even though none of the diseases are real. Uh, I still just keep thinking hospital, hospital, mm-hmm. hospital. I, yeah, I stopped I, playing I, that game, too. It, I loved it. Like, it was one of my favorite mm-hmm. games because it's fun and hard, yeah. but it, I just couldn't. I had to get my head out of that. And then I won't watch Outbreak or Contagion or those movies anymore. Uh, just way too real now way too real yeah 
we don't need them. They were cautionary tales, and um, we're here. Yeah. So and we, and we we realized that we lost the game of life. That's just how it <laughs> well, we yeah. didn't we didn't get to like go down the the fun road. We went down the like shorter. Well, here's the thing. Road. Let, let's just say it this way. You know, I was actually thinking about this with movies and stuff. You know, Ridley Scott, um, uh, Martin Scorsese, all of them have talked about how Marvel movies like have ruined like theater and the, the, the cinema experience. But I realized something. All of them have said this after the pandemic started. So if you really think about it, the people who were awkward and stayed inside and didn't like being comfortable around large groups of people, we're the ones who survived this. <laughs> We don't go to the theater as much. The re- like, 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 just because the, the reason why they're upset because their movies don't do as well as like a Marvel film is because their audience is dead or smaller. Yes, and a lot of people who were older did perish unfortunately during this tragedy, and, and that is going to affect people who are older's products. And and yeah, what what I think that and we're on the topic, so why not? Uh, that's what the show yeah. is about. I think it's an interesting point to be had that cinema has changed what i think they don't understand is that they need to change with it or Mm -hmm. find a new way to get to your audience rather than the same old movie either pinch off a bit more for marketing uh do do something that changes the landscape or accept that maybe your movies will do better on a streaming service because i watched ridley scott's um last duel and it's great it's a great film Mm-hmm. But I would never have gone to see it in theaters. Yeah. No offense. It's not about that, that. It's just about ease of access. It's about comfortable at home, you know, and not something yeah. I want to torture my wife with necessarily. So also speaking yeah. per speaking personally for me, I'm tired of seeing films that don't have people that look like me. So I I went through a pandemic of of sitting in the house watching things or trying to figure out what to watch, what to see, don't see myself. So do I want to watch a movie called The Last Duel and it has all these fair faced people that don't look like me? Like I'm tired of I might watch it now because hey, it's on my HBO Max and I can just click it and watch it. But like I personally am not going to go pay mm-hmm. for that out of my pocket when it doesn't represent anybody that looks like me. And then if I ask you why you'll say something like, well, you know, wasn't people that look like you in that time. And it's just like, I'm tired of hearing that. So why not just focus yeah. on something else? There are plenty of examples. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut in there. I, I thought you had no, finished. No, you're fine. There are plenty of things that have shown that you can produce those stories with people of any color or any race because it's mm-hmm. more a representation of the character. If you tell me it's France 1350, I'm going to know it's France 1350 and I'll accept that. And then listen to the story mm-hmm. with the talented individuals you've chosen. It does not happen. Right. Hamilton has just broken that mold, and you guys got to get over mm-hmm. that. You know, white yeah. directors, quit it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, What's I, her name? I'm with um, you. Amanda just vibing. Uh, I believe that's her name on TikTok. Yep. She just like released this really quick video where she was like, "If you can suspend disbelief for a centaur, you can suspend disbelief for like a black elf or a black character being in something." Exactly. And exactly. I was just like, that sh-, she was like, and she's like, good day. And she just like left. It was just a quick little video. And I was mm-hmm. just like, that's literally all people are saying. Like, we get it. It was during this certain time, but we're in 2022, which a time nobody ever thought would exist ever in life for the most part. Get over the fact that, like, I'm going to hire this man or woman or child or, or whatever because they are good at their job, not because, yep. like, oh, the color of their skin. To add to you that. Know? 
the, shouldn't we be making sure we're learning about those things in uh, I don't know history class, not in the movies? Like movies are still movies, and and something that I've been because yeah. I've been weirdly looking at screenwriting. That's not that weird, but. As I've been looking at, I've been listening to a lot of great screenwriters that I love. And one of the things that I heard Aaron Sorkin say in one of his interviews was straight up characters and real life people are not the same thing. They're not even kind no, of the same no. thing. They're, they're, no. You can't even build them out the same way because real life mm -hmm. is not the movies and movies aren't real life. Those that's, that's people don't realize that, is, that. Like, see, see, boom. if you want to keep if you want to keep like accurate depictions of like race and color, for something and you want to put it to film that's called a documentary that there you go and those don't go to theaters those are documentaries and even those are not even the full thing it's usually people talking about the past and then you may have reenactments when you have like a, a period piece where you know that it's it's playing off of a historical event it is always dramatized it is always misrepresented it is always all these things why could we not have people of color being in those parts as well we understand it's like Yes, it might confuse people, except for that would be a good conversation to have in school if schools were allowed to even talk about race. No, that's a good point. Yeah. It would drive and, the conversation. And, and, and here's the thing, and here's the thing, and I, I, I'm not trying to get, like, but but as a parent going in, I'm not worried about my kid learning anything from the school system other than what they're supposed to be educated for because I'm teaching my kid at home. Yes, other and people give up that control. They want other people, people who don't want to be parents. Kids, so they need to learn. Exactly. Anything they bring home, you can then explain why it's false or good or whatever it is you agree with or don't agree with. That's the whole yeah. point of it being kind of a community. The school's doing yeah, part of the, the job. Save the indoctrination for home. Let the <laughs> schools just educate. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, you found more movies uh, that you've liked with representation, though, Law. Is that correct? Over the last two yeah, years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, over the last few years. I'll say, like, over the last, like, honestly, five years. It hasn't been that long. But, like, I'll say, like, over the last five years, like, it's slowly becoming, like, okay, let's just put the best actor. Which I feel like, I feel like, okay, because I feel like certain things, understandably, if I created something and I see these characters a certain way, of course, I want those characters to be that way on screen but that can't be an excuse all the time to be like why you don't sometimes you just hire for like the character right you like the character and the actor like they don't have to be like okay like um the percy jackson tv show that's coming out the little girl that's playing annabeth is a a young black girl and people were losing their minds about the fact that annabeth wasn't going to be like this blue-eyed, fair-skinned, Caucasian young girl. And the creator of the book literally had to come out and say, well, if that is a problem, then you haven't been reading my books and you don't understand the meanings of them. They were exactly. like, he was like, he was like, a part, I've been a part of this journey with Disney and we picked the right actress that embodied the character of Annabeth. Like, he stood behind her 100%. And, like, I feel like that's what art needs to be. Like, I get it. Sometimes you can make it so that you want this type of flow or this. Maybe it's all white. Maybe it's all Asian. Maybe it's all black. And it should be okay. But also, like, that shouldn't be an everyday thing. It shouldn't be your entire work is that. I think we've had enough all white casts, personally. I mean, that's just no, me. I'm, that's I coming agree. from the from the white perspective. I, I when I look back at all the movies I even rank as my top movies, I'm like, 
Jeez, like they're just Wait. all white guys, even like it's yeah. all white men across the board. And I start to wonder, do I need to I need to be watching more movies just so I can see if I'm wrong about this <laughs> list, because I feel like I'm wrong about it. Um, Wait, so 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 the people that had a problem with her being um, of African descent, like, was that is that is that a is that a problem? Because like, like, honestly, did they not have a problem with Persephone being played by Eva Mendez in the movie? No, Rosario Dawson. Oh, I'm sorry, Rosario Dawson. What did it? It was the hair. Um, what happened the hair? Oh no, was it Rosario Dawson? They, yeah, Rosario Dawson. Okay, so so they didn't have a problem with that because Persephone was a was a traditionally Greek character. No, 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 no. It's just no. Persephone is a secondary or actually secondary character. She's not one of the top. You know, it's usually the lead. You know what I mean? You never, they never want a lead yeah. or something of prominent, a prominent, like, um, of, I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying nobility right now, but prominent nobility is what's popping out of my mouth right now. But they always want that. Like, they didn't want Sam to be, they didn't want Anthony Mackie to be Captain America. You know what I'm saying? They were like, well, why is Sebastian Stan? Like, or, it's just one of those or worse, with- they would say that, um, Dingleberry. Maybe they should just you know. retire the character. No, they, the, the no, bad guy. Oh, like, yeah, the like, antagonist yeah, should like, have been, you know. And they, and they like him more or something like that. Like, we get it. And it's just like, and it's just like, I I just don't get people's, like, why do people feel the need to be like, oh my God, there's a black whatever in this film? Like, you know, whether it's an elf or whatever, <laughs> like it's a witch or whatever. Like, there, people have such an issue with us being in these spaces where we're the ones that's giving the most money for the most part to these spaces so that they keep thriving because we love this stuff too. We love Star Trek and Star Wars and we want to see ourselves represented, but we don't want to see ourselves represented in like stereotypical ways. And then when we complain about it, it's like, well, you got a character. Shouldn't that be enough? And it's like, that's like, that's like the token black person in horror movies. That's been the trope for so long. Like it becomes a problem where it's, then it becomes the butt of a joke, even like in horror yeah. tropes, and it's it's terrible. Um, we got a, c- a couple comments here in the c- comment section. Since we are doing a little bit of a side rail here and not talking about Chippendale anymore, which we will get back to, I, I assume. Um, so okay, this is so, an interesting so one. Yeah, go, go ahead, Mister. Yeah, Wallace. so so this has been this has been a the thing that I've dealt with on TikToks and stuff before, and it's been a, it's been a common discourse. Um, can you take a a character that was from the source material, you know, of one race, and then um, have him cast as another one? Some people will complain about the idea of uh, Jimmy Olsen being played by a black man in Supergirl, um, mm-hmm. you know, having different characters like that. And the answer is, it is if if the if the um, if the story is based off of the person's race and experiences, then you really shouldn't touch that. Hence, why you should not worry about somebody questioning whether a black black panther can be played by a a white person because um the black panthers from africa it's an african nation it is a it is a, he's a person of color he's established as a person of color and part of his storyline is based off of that being in the bigger world so you can't really put it into that category now could jimmy olsen who's always been as like this sidekick to superman doing just a reporter just a cameraman he's just a reporter um would 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 changing his race change anything about the character that we've seen in the source material absolutely not would it add to the story absolutely um and so there is this there is this like this ploy um 
could um like people and this is where people get mi mixed up and everything because um we've had we've had a talk about a um a black a black batman which was actually lucius fox's um son um, which is not is not um is is not bruce wayne being made black it's adding a person of color in the bat family um you have um uh, people asking about kal-el if he was brought no, there is a Superman that is black and it's a different person. Like they're adding these characters. It's just like the same concern. Sam Wilson is Captain America in the in the comic books. Captain America, Steve Rogers, a white man, was was gone. He handed the shield off. Sam Wilson took it on. When, when, when Cap came back, there was a discussion. And Sam and Steve both came to the conclusion we're both Captain America. There is no question about that. Now, now, where people get upset is this idea that they feel like they're being taken, that like they're being replaced, and that's a big conversation in our society right now. But I will tell you this: we are not trying bringing people of color and having representation in film and television and everything else is not about replacing people. It is absolutely about adding to. So they only add more to the conversation. One of the things this person, and I think it's, I can't tell the name. It's very hard to read names that are broken down like that, but it's GZDR forever or for EV. Mm -hmm. Anyway, both Elon Musk and Charlie Theron are African-Americans. Think about that. So I think you're, you're kind of misrepresenting. There are also Africans who yeah. are Arab. That's true. That's true yeah. without a doubt. But the area in Africa in which Wakanda sits is, generally speaking, going to be below where most Arab Africans are found and not South Africa, which was invaded yes. by the Dutch, which and is why the there's white Africans. It's not because there the are natural point. white Africans. They're invaded. They, they did exactly yeah. what America did. So to say that is to cherry pick. It's also a red herring. Right. There are many different arguments to say that those two white people, sorry, that's not how this works. So I just wanted to right. clarify that. And we're also about Wakanda, which is a non-colonized area of Africa in the stories. Another good point. Like they're not going to have Elon Musk and and everybody else. Like it's no. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I could get you want to argue I mean, about it. Lock, go ahead. I don't want to get into an argument with nobody about nothing, but I will say this. I really don't. But I will say this: being black and being African American are two different things. Another good point. As simple as that. It's just two different things. I'm, the world labels me as, me as African-American, but I did not immigrate from Africa. I was born in America, so I am a black American. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Now, I don't know how ever anybody else um, like categorizes it, but that's how I see it. I am a black okay. American. I am not from Africa because I'm not. I wasn't born there. I don't have any family there. I have descendants from there. Mm -hmm. So, yes, Elon Musk and Charlize Theron are, are both South African Americans, but they are not black. So to kind of put that in the same little box or circle, however you want to look at it, it's kind of weird. It's all, it's all I'm saying. I'm no, we're with you. We're, we're we're both with yeah. you, and you know that. Um, yeah. Now that we've have covered the heavy topic, uh, <laughs> and you know, film... wait, 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 wait. No, you please, know what, please, Biggie? please. You know what, Biggie? That is that is okay because that is your that is a choice that you have decided to make. And you can and you could easily ask a person of color what they would like to be referenced as because mm -hmm. e there are a lot of people of color that don't see themselves as people of color. They see themselves as being Dominican or Cuban or you know however you want to slice it. So that is respectful in those terms. But also, if a person says, "Don't call me that," just 
ask what they would like to be called and go from there. That's all. Yeah, that goes that goes beyond even yeah, I was like say, this applies to gender, ways. right? This is this is exactly. this is just it's all related to things like that. It's all about respecting people and honoring yeah. people and their dignity of yeah. being the individual that they are. Yeah, right. but he brought anyway. up POC, so I just want sure. to throw that you know. Oh yeah. Throw no, I like that. Uh, can I go back to um, Scorsese and the, the the these big wig directors? Yeah. Because I yeah. what what bothers me about their comments is that I do like their work. I do enjoy Scorsese films. I do enjoy Ridley Scott, me especially. Too. Scott is one of the most eclectic directors. If you look like, at his I want to be in a Ridley Scott. I want to be in a Ridley Scott. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be right? So like, n yeah. what actor doesn't want to be in a Ridley Scott film or Scorsese mm -hmm. for that matter? But if you look at like Ridley's filmography, it's really eclectic, like really all over the place. He's mm -hmm. not just a sci-fi director. He does human drama. He he gets all over the place with it, and it's yeah. fantastic. And what bothers me is that I know he can go further with it. Like I know he can. Mm -hmm. um, and when they want to diss on what's popular currently, it, it reminds me that when people get old, sometimes they forget what it was like to be young. And when Ridley was young, he was breaking boundaries they were telling him not to break and not to do and trying to do things that weren't being done before. And that were maybe sometimes a little bit, you know more formulaic and maybe the older crowd in the film era was saying, no, oh, that's very amateurish of you. Or, you know, you're making this gory horror film, you know, Ooh, good job, Ridley. He doesn't remember that because he did so well with his career that he's now pushing that off on other people. And there's a lot of people in the Marvel, you know, specific community who are directors who are up and coming or who are yeah. making their way through the, this world. And these are great opportunities for them to get their name out there. Why wouldn't you do that? Like, why would you not take advantage of putting your name on something that's doing well and could make you money so you can start producing your own films? Like they're missing all of that when just discounting mm -hmm. these films. Yeah. You know how I look at it sometimes? I look at it like um, when you're like poor and you like eat for scraps, you don't take anything for granted. You're like, I worked hard for this little meat and potatoes I put on my table and then something happens and you get super rich and you, you forget about what it was like to be poor and eating that, you know, little meal on that table. And then you have somebody else that like did the same thing, built their way up, got their little potatoes, became something great. And then you're like, ugh, like, why are people going crazy over you? Like, you forget what it's like to be poor. You forget what it's like to work hard. You forget what it's like to finally get to a place. Because honestly, that's Marvel. Marvel was like this scrappy little, this scrappy little team. They had to sell off parts of themselves just to get something to eat on the table. And now that they kind of like made it, you kind of, you kind of want to be like tapped on the shoulder by your, by the people that's above you, Scorsese, Ridley, these other people who kind of got it before you. And to have them kind of look at you and be like, ugh. It's like that kind of sucks. It's like y'all, like y'all were here before. You had to eat like I ate. I made my way up. Why couldn't you just congratulate me? Like you know, nobody was saying boo when Scorsese kept making the same movie over and over again with the same people, just in different scenarios. So let's also <laughs> talk about the fact that who do they really, really need to be putting the blame on? Is it the filmmakers or the audiences spending the money? Exactly. If your audience doesn't want to watch your movies anymore, that's not the other filmmakers problem that's your problem maybe talk to you know because i feel like marvel and like they, i feel like they listen i feel like there have been they don't listen to everything which i'm happy about that i don't want to be pushovers because lord some of the ideas out here but right. i just feel like i feel like marvel hears 
whether we see it or not, they might see our TikToks, they might see the things that we put out, our memes and things like that, or what people say. They kind of pay attention and listen to like what we got to say. And so if other companies didn't treat us like we were dumb or at least took our advice or and it's free advice we're giving you, nobody's gonna charge you if they're like, I had an idea for this and they kinda did what I said, but they took you can't we can't like sue you for it. So we're literally giving you we're, we're literally telling you what we wanna see. Yeah. They're like they're, they're like, not listening to the live feedback, right? And let's also not no. forget that there are still indie companies, <clears throat> A24, that are doing smashingly well with small <laughs> budgets and smashingly mm-hmm. well with letting a variety of directors and actors take over their films and just run just with them. So, like, yeah. come on, guys. You guys are acting like dinosaurs. Calm down. So. Yeah, you see the hand that went out? He was serious about that. That's it really was. I've been wanting to talk <laughs> about it. this a while. Um, and I don't no, do I well in TikTok form. It's too short form for me to go on these rants. Like, I can't, yeah. That's why you just need to get a YouTube and just record yourself on rant. Or just go live on YouTube and then just click. Oh, yeah, or go, li- or go live. Yeah, somewhere and click and post mm-hmm. As soon as my kids mellow out, things. we're going to start doing Back. things like that. So Get that. See, I don't have got? that. I don't have that ability yet. They told me I did, but then like they took it back. I guess. My biggie. I have not made a ten minute video on TikTok yet. I've only made a seven point five. You should only be able to upload past three minutes. I didn't think you could actually record past three. You can upload to ten. Right, but you can't record. You can't record ten. In, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So sticking to the source material, you can well, never go nice. wrong with these big screen stories. I disagree. Um, I mean, I did. I disagree on that too. I'm, and I'm sorry to cut you off. I just had to get no, so much is. Like the source material is there and it's beautiful and everybody enjoyed the source material. But what's the point of the taking the source material and just putting it? Nobody needs that. Go back to the source material if that's what you want to, you know, take part in. But I want to see a little bit from the source material and then just a little creativity as well. Like, I want to have that mixture of, like, let's let's give them something new. It still gives you that feel of the source material. But, like, I don't want to see a comic book still, like, still by still. I just don't want to see that. And if I, I mean, and if they decided to do it one day, depending on, it depends on what it is. But, like, I like that they add their own, like, little signature to the yeah. blueprint it's already there you know like or even adapt it completely to something different scott pilgrim yeah. is a good example of something that's been adapted very well still pretty true to the source material but is not the same as the source material uh yeah. the whole oh, point of you won't get complaints. About complaints so you're again about like we that's don't a, that's the complaints that's get you views oh i know you still have complaints yeah and complaints that's will the, get your views yeah listen, like, here, listen here you're you're this is the thing about life in general you're never going to make everybody happy there are going to be people that are mad because you did it. There are going to be people that are mad that you didn't do it. And there are going to be people that's mad that you didn't do it in a different way. So as long as you stay true mm-hmm. to yourself and what you're trying to put forward, then like you really, you got to be happy with the, with the, with the product and what you put out, you can't make everybody happy. And then when you do that, you have no product at all because you'll never release. Oh yeah. Anything. Those we've seen those movies when they try to make everybody happy. We all just yeah. sit there and we're and like, like, they're oh pandering to us. Awesome. Good job guys. It's like, what is this? This could have been written oh, better. It it's very it's kind of like the TikTok you know? effect. If you think about it. Yeah. It's like the TikTok effect. If you really think about it, because if you, if you look at all of the negative comments that you receive on a video, it is always less than the likes that you receive on that same video. It's very rare that you see a video that has more comments than likes. And even then, when the comments are there, a lot of them are positive still. 
So it's just how you tend to look at it. As a question asker on TikTok, I will find that to be less often true for myself. Comments sometimes out. Oh, well, you kind of mess up the rest of it. I do. I, I mess up the whole concept <laughs> by what I do. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it, the, the concept of complaints is is asinine. People are going to complain. You, you can look, people will complain before you even release something. They will be ready mm -hmm. to do so, not even knowing you or knowing you. If you like, it doesn't matter that humans are designed to yeah. complain about shit. And it's just how we're built, I think. Um, Everybody's a critic, which means nobody really is. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to be gracious critics. That's the trick. Um, yes. Yes. So um, oh, that's, that's the trick. That's the trick for critics. Only oh. for critics, not yeah. for everybody else. Yeah. I can't, I cannot speak to anyone Ooh. else just for critics. We just have to be gracious. Meaning that we just have to accept that even when we call something trash, we have to try to find something positive about it if possible. Because I don't think this is something that uh, whole, not wholesome movie talk. Um, Movies are therapy said that I really, really liked. He, he jumped on TikTok and was like, look, even the thing that we always claim is trash or garbage, which are really unfortunate terms we shouldn't be using to describe art at all, because that's just discounting all the hard work that was put into it alone. We need to at least accept that even some of the things we're watching have some redeeming qualities, even if we didn't like them. Somebody else liking them means it had a redeeming quality. That in right. itself means it's a good thing. So if somebody else enjoyed a movie, I don't want to trash on it as hard because I want to let them enjoy it. So that's part of being a gracious critic is recognizing that I can criticize this film without destroying the people that made it or like it. No, true. Yeah. So I don't know. And that's, I think, what inspired the Ratatouille quote again in my head. It's been running through my head since 2007, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I, I know there aren't a ton of people that don't know us on here that are that are uh, in the comments. But if you are new, you can go to our TikTok page and follow all of us. But you can find all of us in a great little movie TikTok short uh, that we all did together. That's pretty fun. Yep. Um, it was fun. Yeah. Anyway, it was. It was very. All right, bad. back to Chip and Dale. We can do that. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We spent a half an hour. We we had a full like woo. Yeah, yeah. but that's fun though. Like that's the that's the what else are we gonna do? Like, no, exactly. Have that was like our commercial. That was like our pre-roll. Well, we do have actually before we get back to Chippendale. Why don't we take our mm -hmm. couple of minute break? Because Sean is back. He's no longer hey, got the virus. Sean. His voice is almost healed, and he had a lot of great movies that are coming out this week that he really wanted to talk about. So we're gonna run the pre-review, and we will be right back. How's it going, Real mm -hmm. Study viewers? I'm Sean, and I'm finally back with this week's pre-review. I'm so glad to be back for this coming week. Memorial Day is going to hold a lot of awesomeness for us. Let's start things off with Top Gun Maverick. I am pretty excited for this. You know, I love the first Top Gun. I really like aviation films, and I've heard this one's going to include a lot of uh, newer planes. I love to see them in action. And, you know, I'm sure the story will be really great, but man, I really can't wait for all those in-cockpit action scenes. It's just going to be so incredible. It's going to be a great movie. Next this week, we have Obi-Wan Kenobi. Finally, we get to see what happened during those times when Obi-Wan was on Tatooine watching over Luke, how he evaded the Jedi hunters and everybody that came after him. I'm super excited for this. Obi-Wan's probably one of my favorite Jedi's of all time and to learn more of his story will just be incredible so i'm very excited for this 
If it was any other weekend, nothing would top Obi-Wan Kenobi, but this weekend we get Stranger Things Season 4. Now, I have been invested in this show since the beginning. It is absolutely incredible. I've loved every minute of it. I've watched all three seasons so far numerous times. I will say, I, I am nervous with the dark edge that is coming with this fourth season and the fact that they have multiple times compared this season to Game of Thrones of Stranger Things. I care deeply for each of these characters. They are all incredible in their own way. Cannot wait to watch this. Nothing better happened to Steve. All right, everybody. Thanks for letting me take some time off to recover. I'm still not at 100%, but I'm so glad I was able to make it back for this week's episode. And we are back from the pre-review, and that was Sean. Glad to see him back with us. Uh, of course, he is always going to tell us what's coming out and give his views on what the movies might be like, hence the pre-review. Uh, so there was a topic that got brought up based upon Top Gun. Uh, Lala said that when she was watching Multiverse of Madness, she saw a huge reveal in the Maverick trailer. And that brings up an interesting conversation about why they would put that in there. And I, I've heard some theories if you want to hear my take. I'm going to take that sure. as a yes. Uh, so <laughs> silence is a yes <laughs> around here. Uh, so, I'm completely oblivious to the conversation because I ran to the restroom. So oh, uh, so. I'm interested. It, okay. So they'll they'll put out a teaser trailer. Then they'll put out sometimes second teaser trailer or trailer one. These days, usually trailer one, two, and three is a pretty consistent thing. And then they do a series of TV spots, depending on the movie. They'll do way too many. In the third trailer and in some of the TV spots, the reason they start revealing more and more is that if you haven't seen the trailers previously or aren't skipping the trailers, you may not watch the movie unless they tell you this cool thing happens. So they, they've done audience testing to find out that some people do want that spoiler in order to get them to want to see the film. And not so me. the rest of us get screwed. So that's what I Not do. me. Because I was, okay, so I've never seen the original, like the first Top Gun, because it came out in the same year I was born. So <laughs> I didn't see that movie. Um, and, um, and so... I've never seen it, but I've, you know, I've seen clips and seen things, but you know, you don't get to like the meat of like the film. So watching the trailer for Top Gun Maverick, now I've seen Multiverse of Madness like two times and they've shown that trailer both times, but then they've shown different things both times. The first time I saw Multiverse of Madness, the trailer was very straightforward. It was like very ominous. He's coming back that like typical one. Right, right. The next one that I went to go see showed like maybe a 10-15 minute clip of them of him training them in the air. Like it was I thought I was watching the movie. It just played It was fun. Like, no, no, it was great. It was great. I was like this is nice. I was like this actually made me want to go see the movie. And then when I saw the trailer in a TV spot or like a streaming spot, I don't know cuz I don't have actual TV like that. Um Who does? It, you know, like everything's streaming nowadays. Like, what are we doing? Um, it showed Miles Teller's character as the son of a previous. Oh, that's uh, in preview one. Gun. Is that a preview one? Yep. Okay, so I'm okay. So I, but I saw like multiple ones. And the reason I think I they put very, in that preview. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I no, I was very disappointed because as a person who hadn't seen the movie, for me to be like, okay, I want to see this movie. I'm gonna go back and watch the first one, and then to have that reveal in the movie would be great but to kind of already know that it's kind of like because now you see why he's like such an arrogant little bastard because 
of who his father previously but it's like that would have been a great for me personally i think that would have been a great reveal in the film itself this is why i think trailers are terrible because all of these things would be great reveals just to just to see the miles Hiller character where you'd be like oh okay this is another hot shot and then he tells you who he is you're like oh oh you're that guy okay um yeah they i think the reason they put that in even in trailer one was because it's been so long that they were trying to get old fans hyped so no i get why i just don't like it like i understand why they do it they do it so people can have like a (gasps) factor and it'll make them like want to go see it but sometimes because I'm pretty sure this is a Tom Cruise movie, so I'm pretty sure there's there are a couple more spots probably in the movie that's like amazing because that's what that's how his movies kind of roll. Right. But like, it's like one of those things where it's like they put such significant things in the trailer that it kind of like sometimes they put all the best things in the trailer and then when you go see the movie, the movie's trash because you just saw everything in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Most comedies. Trailer trailers aren't supposed to give away everything in the film, and I even I mean like emotion, I mean like plot points, I mean everything you can cinematically experienced from a film trailers are not supposed to give away it's supposed to give you like a heightened feeling to draw you in but it shouldn't give away everything and a lot of these trailers now give away everything and it sucks as a movie goer mr marvel how many movie trailers have you shut off because you started to realize they were just going to tell you the whole thing none i have this weird thing about movie trailers and spoilers um i don't want somebody to say i've got something that you you don't know and they basically spoil something that was not intended to be released i have this perception of movie trailers and stuff that even if it tells me too much than i needed to know i'm okay with that because it's official releases Hmm. as long as it's officially released you know i'm okay with it because it means that there's still other stuff in the movie it's there's there's been very few movies that have that have pretty much told me everything i needed to know and there weren't there weren't any thing and it wasn't anything left of the imagination. I know there's one, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, no, I think I don't want to start a new TikTok series. Movie trailers that have ruined the movie in the trailer. I, I think that's a new series. Just because I've seen ones wanna, where they literally show credit, you the ending. I want to credit every time you make a video. I'm just saying they'll show the ending. Like some trailers. <laughs> the the thing that yeah. bothers show it all. The yeah. thing that bothers me, and this is where my love for Marvel gets tested on a, on a, on the regular is when I see something in the trailer and then it's not in the movie. No, oh, yeah, no, that, that, is, that bothers me. That bothers me more. Well, it's not so much the lies. It's also final edits. Um, this has been a, this has been a pet peeve of mine since the first Jurassic Park was released in 1992, 1993, when we got the first trailers in 1992, because there is a scene in the beginning of Jurassic Park, when they're going through in the Jeeps before they get to the Brachiosaurus, where you see Ellie Sadler grab the plant that she's talking about when they pull up to the um, brachiosaur. And she says that as she's pulling it, this shouldn't be here. And we see that as they're pulling up and it's a very quick, this shouldn't be here, which seems very thrown away, but it's because they had to make up for it because it wasn't in the scene that was shown in the trailers. And Mm -hmm. that drives me nuts to this day. That is the only thing that I hate most about Jurassic Park, and I love Jurassic Park. Oh, that's you, you don't rush that scene. You don't hate that they are missing the little baby triceratops that they built that they could have put in the movie and didn't. That I'm not. That I'm okay with. No. But like they showed me <laughs> something in the trailers where Ellie looks over and sees the foliage, and she reaches out and grabs the plant and pulls it in, and is looking at it. And it's like this shouldn't be here, and then they rushed it in the actual final cut, and that drives me nuts to this day. 
That's, That's fair. how weird I am. No, no, no. That's We're all it. different about it. No, I dig it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just made a TikTok about this, about the movie Morbius, about how Sony lied throughout that whole the, Listen, all them trailers. Like the actors too. Listen here. <laughs> all but and one, maybe. honestly, and honestly, this is what I don't understand. And I'm sorry, this is a spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen uh, Morbius. You might make me want to watch it. Listen, this is what I don't understand. At I don't the, want to be at the end of the film, after like the after credit scene shows Michael Keaton's character meeting up with Morbius. All right. So this is why I don't get about Sony sometimes. This is why I believe Sinjin um, Chapman when he said that it's like it's like the like the, the writer's room was like, you know, like a, a like like an AI to just have vampire and make a movie out of it. Like that's Sony's writer's room. That is Sony's writer's room to me because they have Michael Keaton's character come up. They meet each other. They, he finds them. They meet each other. It's pretty much set up like the Sinister Six. And Adrian Toomes blames Spider-Man for being in this world. How? How did he even get to this world? Like, I understand it is magic, but the spell from No Way Home was that, like, people that knew Peter Parker is Spider-Man. That means Adrian Toomes should have went nowhere. He should have stayed in the same location in which he was at there is no reason okay or it's a different adrian tombs but it still doesn't understand it still doesn't explain why he would go to a different no i know you're you're right you're right and then and then for him to be like oh this has something to do with spider-man it's like sony do you not know the movies that you're writing like this doesn't make sense. And then he did the spell, so he should have never been there in the first place. He should have. They got even far from home. They got wrong with the eight years later, or not far from home. Homecoming. Was, they they said eight years yeah. later and was completely wrong. So they have they have. The, I'm just Sony, like, what's happening? Like Sony was a company that made technology for decades, and then all of a sudden they were like, "Let's make movies." Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. understand what. And they bought Columbia either. and TriStar, who were much better without them. Way better without them. I remember when the TriStar logo and that Pegasus would show up, I'd be like, this will be a good film. Mm-hmm. That's right? what I would think. Same with Columbia. I'd be like, oh, it Ghostbusters. Like you know. It's like, it's like yes. New Line. Like, like you saw the New Line, like you knew it was going to be a good film. Right. You had no idea what it was going to be, but you knew it was going to be good. Right. It's yeah, kind of like now, I guess we have A24 now that yeah. does that. When you say an A24 logo, you're yeah. like, hmm, this has mm, a good chance. Yeah. And then it was like it was for Bad Robot for like, you know, two years. Yeah, there were like four <laughs> films and then there was so much lens flare. I think we all gave up. I remember, I remember, I remember when I saw the Bad Robot logo for the first Star Trek remake, I was super excited and I loved that film. But then, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's crazy. So the tip did, came did back. JJ Abrams. I know he like this, like Star Star Trek. I mean Star Wars, whatever. But does he have a deal with Disney? I mean, he, anybody who sure. works with Disney that much does. I mean, he can just like mean, Favreau or anybody. Because because Alias is on Disney Plus. So Alias is owned by ABC. And Ali- yeah, Alias okay. is actually loosely based off of Jessica Jones in the Marvel comics. So, but it's, it's anything owned by ABC or anything owned by half so, of Hollywood now is okay. I was about to say because I'm like, yeah. who owns? Okay, because I was just like, I love Alias. Listen, it's been times where I couldn't find anybody streaming Alias. I would listen. I found a way to watch Alias. That's all I'm gonna say on this on this the stream. I love Alias like so. so is it loaded it with sense. mystery boxes? It's honestly, there's one. Well, yeah. There's one. There's one main mystery box. I mean, that's JJ's shtick. Like he's like, oh, mystery box. No, honestly, and also his shtick because I didn't (laughs) want to. Lens flare. Everybody. It's easy to get lost. 
everybody keeps telling me about Lost. I've never watched Lost, but it's do it. Abrams thing it's... where he does where he does not finish what he starts. So and then he goes yeah. in so many twisty turns that you're like, I guess it made sense. So here's what I suggest, honestly: watch two seasons and then just watch the read the synopsis for the rest of the series. Seasons one and two are actually good. After that, they start asking you to think of more questions than they give answers to, and that's for the rest of the show. So just Lost gives me Lord of the Flies vibes. Am I right or wrong? Sort of, like in the sense that they're on a beach the and they're surviving, episodes, and there are groups great, that don't and they agree. Stop there. Yeah, no, it's like the first season really is good. And they leave you on a really yeah. like, holy crap, what is this? And that's why we all loved it. It was much like Heroes season one, where we're all like, wow. It's it's definitely it one of those things apart. where it, it definitely gives you thinking and you kind of find like, like, like okay, so um, uh, Evangeline Lilly, like that was like her real breakout role, I think, mm-hmm. was with that. It was. Um, yeah. There were some people that kind of came out from there. Um, but oh, I know really, all the people. Yeah. No, I just don't know the show. You know, and it, <laughs> I I don't know. I just I feel like it, I feel like JJ Abrams like he kind of he he had like some really good content. It's like M Night Shyamalan, but every so often M Night M Night Shyamalan gets like a wind and like makes something decent, and then he mm-hmm. goes off and does something else. Um, but but like JJ has the concept and the ability to do something good. Cloverfield was fantastic. I've just realized um, something. JJ Abrams is the anti George Lucas. J.J. Abrams is a really good director, and he should stick to that. <laughs> George Lucas wow. is a really good story writer producer, and he should stick, he to, should that. stick to that. If they got yeah. together, that movie would be uh just put that out there. Just yeah, George J.J. Howard J.J. Yeah. No, That's but funny. imagine if J.J. had done a Howard the Duck. Lots of lens flares. I mean, at least they'd be digital. I mean, right over that, right over that, honestly, right over the duck dip scene, it'll be a lens flare. You wouldn't even know what you saw. You know what I mean? It'd be great. It'd be great. He pulled out of his apartment and there was a ton of lens flare. It'd it'd be great. It'd be great. I can see it. Um, See, that's the saddest part of my, 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 my claim to fame on this, on this show is the fact that I ruined a lot of people's childhood because everyone saw Howard the Duck on television because you didn't spend, you didn't spend money to watch it. And then you realize there was an original cut. The theatrical mm. release was a lot worse. <laughs> See, I had it on yeah, VHS, I so I watched the terrible so you, version. Yeah, yeah. I think my parents had it on didn't VHS, censor me. I remember. My parents let me watch whatever I wanted. Like honestly, I know mine did yeah, too. I was, mine did too. I, watched, I was like, I was like three, four years old watching The Omen and stuff like that, like the original mm. Omen. Thank so you, like, Ray. My parents, Ray. My parents didn't have me watch anything. Ray likes my JJ Lucas. No, yeah, we didn't do. No, no, I'm not saying you guys didn't. I just it's Could nice. You to Could you imagine if Disney would have taken his Lucas's writings for what he wanted the the, the sequel trilogy to be, and then had JJ direct just do it? it? Yeah, yeah, that could have been cool. Mind you, I still like the sequel trilogy, yeah, but you know, it's it's kind of like the I guess that's always the question of what should have been because when Lucas came out and said that he gave like a whole like you know journal of what the sequel trilogy should be and they didn't use it. You knew people were going to be just like, oh, it's it's trash now. Yeah. If I pay $4 billion for something, I'm not listening to you about it. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just, I'll read I mean, what you got. Really I'll read it. I'll be you, like, interesting. Yeah. You know? Oh, that, that page. Oh, I might, you know, this I might page. take a little, I might take a little tidbit, you know, yeah. sprinkle a little pebble of salt, but I ain't got to, I ain't got to make the whole recipe. Not for, for $4 billion. Yeah. Not for $4 billion. So you realize that you just, nah. we just paid you so that we're the bosses now, right? right, right. Yeah, pretty much. And then when fans are like, Disney ruined it, I'm like, so they still made 
billions because they ruined it? I don't understand this logic. You guys, you fanboys keep talking about how Disney ruined everything, and yet you keep going and watching these movies and shows. So, like, I don't understand how they ruined anything. Please go watch it four or five times so you can list all the reasons why you hate it. Right, please, and then we'll get more. Please. And then you can hate those, and we'll get more. Please. We we don't mind. I love it. I don't mind either. I mean, I'm just liking the way... And not to get back on like the whole like racial thing, but just, just kind of popped up for me. I'm liking the way everything's just moving in a better, more inclusive. It's moving slowly, but it's still moving in a way that like if I ever had kids, hopefully the world would be just a touch, touch better when they're like moving and moving and shaking. And it's like people, people like are complaining because Disney like is basically cashing out with like Galaxy's Edge and the Galactic Star Cruiser and things like that. Mind you, I probably wouldn't spend that money to go to the Galactic Star Cruiser, but if they ever did at, at California Adventure, did a did like a stay at the Helicarrier, I would sell a kidney. <laughs> so I was begging the world, the universe, whatever you want to call it, for years for a Star Wars theme park because I was like, look at the amount of stuff that they could do. Mm-hmm. And when Disney bought it, I went, they need to build a theme park. And it's the first thing I said. Like, right out the gate. I was like, screw movies. Build a theme park. That's what people want. And I was not wrong. Like, people wanted a theme park. Like, I mean, because people always want to go. It, like, it's just like it's just smart to me. Like, Disney World, Disneyland, Universal Studios, all these amazing places. Like, give people what they want. If if you release a movie or you release a character that gets so much hype, make make that an attraction. Like, as a, as a big nerd, you know how, how much I want to go to Universal Studios and, like, walk like to Hogsmeade and have on my cloak and my, like, you know, I don't care how old I get. I'm going to do that sometime in my life. Even past like, all that, just the, the back lots as movie nerds would be fun. Just to see no, the sets, just to see the actors the in the world. But like, yeah. but like you want to immerse yourself. You want to be in these worlds. You want to be in these worlds that you know do not exist. You know how cool it would be for me to walk on the soundstage to like Tommy McGuire was on when he did like the first Spider-Man, like walk that street or whatever. You know how cool that would be like, like, you know how much money you would take from all of us if you had these these things where we could immerse ourselves in these things? Oh, I can, I'm, I'm I, can pretty sure. I can go and pose like Leia in front of a big, like... I can <laughs> go meet uh, um, Megatron if I want to, like... You know what I mean? Like, these are things that we want. Like, these are things in, like... Just because, like, going to Comic-Con, it just blew my mind. I saw the oldest flash I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, this is who I aspire to be as I get older. You know how many older, like, men and women? I don't mean, like, people in their 50s. Or, I mean, like, people that's easily in their 70s, 80s dressed up as their favorite character. I like that I'm still considered a young time. nerd. Like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like you are. Maybe that, and maybe that's just me as, you know, as we kept going. As we keep aging, I would still be like, we young. We this age. We fine. But I, I want to be immersed in these things. And, like, they need to have these things. Man, they need to. Because I'll pay money for Or, like, what is it? I just got, like, either I saw, saw it on, like, the CW thing or somewhere. But they have a, like, Disney has a Pixar cruise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know it's for children. I know, but I want to But go. if you have kids, so then you can go. Or even right? siblings or nieces or right, nephews. right. So there's, there's but like, I don't, I don't wanna, know. But I don't want to go so, with none of them. They're going to cramp. Oh, please. I, I want to go, to go to the Disney Wish Cruise <laughs> for the Marvel stuff. Like, please. Okay, so yes. I need to advocate for us rainy area folks. Um, they need to start doing theme parks that are either mostly indoors or the theme park is meant to be wet or rainy. Um, you know, like a Blade Runner theme park or something where it's always raining or something. Um a Jurassic Park the theme, theme park, park could, could happen up here in, in Oregon. Big warehouse. Like, like, you have a I mean, big warehouse? we don't, uh, but we could. Like, there are Amazon yeah. warehouses, so they could build them. Like, it's possible. 
my point is, is that Oregonians would go, Washingtonians, we Pacific Northwesterners would go to a theme park if you had an indoor one that we could go to. I promise you we would. Start building them up here, guys. Just saying. Yeah, I could just see it. Like they have like a, it's the uh, the Neo um, uh, Matrix like lobby like fight, like uh, like land like it's all it's all elevators and and columns and you just run around and jump off of wet columns and. Yeah, I'll take it. I would, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I that's the only thing I could think of that was wet at the moment. <laughs> we could have Waterworld up here. We could have. Oh, Blade please Runner. no. We could have. Please no. And all the all the toilets are Mr. Coffees. A river runs through it. You ever heard the joke? It's like it's like uh, if there's anything that you took away from Waterworld, it was the, the idea that you could pee into a Mr. Coffee and get Taster's Choice. I don't think I've ever heard that before, but thank you for that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, when it comes to that stuff, I really hate living this far north because all of it's. 700 miles away and that's expensive especially with gas the way it is now boy we don't even need to care sure. um yeah. and comic cons are at least two hours away from here so like i live in a tiny little town i'm just happy michigan i'm just happy michigan has a comic con like i went a thousand years without like knowing that they actually held one here you know how many people i missed out on but like now i live like 10 minutes from where they have it and you're in the pictures that you post on instagram are are hilariously adorable like just how excited you are I no i'm smiling. i was like when i took the picture with like katie last i smiled so hard i looked at the picture i was like i'm so disappointed in you you smiled so hard i was like I was it's so hard not to when you meet these folks like, it's, I was like, just so excited. it's fun no i met christopher eccleston and i couldn't pay a hundred dollars for his autograph but i would have paid a hundred dollars for a picture now okay hundred dollars for an autograph no sir i would have Freddie Prince Jr. was forty five dollars. Like I'm just saying. Just saying. But anyway, um, but I met Christopher Eccleston, and I was like, I, I walked up to the I walked up to the table, and I go, I look him stare straight in the eyes, and it kind of hurt my soul to do it. It was so beautiful. And I just looked at him, and I go, I can't afford your autograph. So he put his hands out like this, and, he, and I grabbed his hands, and, and I just told him how much I loved him and how great he is, and I almost cried. He like the first celebrity I almost cried when I talked to him to tell him how much I loved him. Now the fact that he put his hands out like that is amazing. No, like literally, he put his hands out, and I just grabbed his hand. It was like a great moment. If I met Mark Hamill, I would probably cry. There's, there's a lot. I mean, I, I will say, like, I got emotional, like, because I'll go, and thankfully we've got one that's about an hour away from us, and like with gas and stuff, we were, we were, we were stressing about the idea of just commuting, and my wife, you know, we winning that that the hotel room, um, right by the convention is like a godsend and so when we go in there and we talk to these people it's it's amazing to see how human they are mm-hmm. and everybody says don't meet your heroes and stuff like that but i will tell you something when you go to conventions with the exception of the ones like i'll i'm, I'm a little bit cautious about seeing simu lu um at awesome con because he's newly popular I, I i'm hoping that he's still humble about you know just about being who he is but like you meet people like like brian teague um Carl Urban, um, uh, oh, like even um, this, you know, um, was it? What's his name? Um, he played Larusso in in Karate Kid. Why am I not thinking of his name right now? Uh, Daniel Larusso. Um, <laughs> Ralph Macchio. Yes, Ralph Macchio. Like they were extremely decent people. Um, Michael Bean. Like like just talking to him. 
like you could just tell he was excited that people were wanting to talk to him and, and like and he just wanted to like he talked my ear off mm-hmm. i like kind of like yeah I, I kind of need to go to the next line but but like when you when you meet people like that it's just it's it's yeah. it's kind of heartwarming it makes you love them even more i think when i went when i met henry winkler it was like that he was just happy to have fans to talk to and wanted to sit there and chat with us about life and and you know who doesn't want to meet the fonts like that's who, right. who doesn't want to meet that guy so everybody in the in the chat basically wants to tell me that they got to meet mark hamill so that i can just be jealous <laughs> it seems uh seems like will wilkins and miranda both met him and now i'm just jealous of the chat so i'm jealous of the real what students was that, um, what was that a um what, what's his name oh um what's his name Devon? Uh, henry winkler henry winkler he was he was on an episode of um Hollywood Reporter does like this, like actors roundtables or whatever, and he was on an episode, and I, I he was on one, and uh, it was like, I think it was like him and like Robert De Niro and Jamie Foxx, something like that. It was like a lot of people, and he were or no, or maybe it was like him and Adam Driver and Tom Hanks. I think it was like all these people, and he was talking about literally kind of like what Cindy was talking about, like how he just wanted to be with his fans and all kind of stuff, and because the the moderator was asking questions, like so how do you you know how do you feel about like your, your fans and things like that? And, and a lot of them were saying like, I mean, it gets a little heavy and it's like this, that, and the other. And they all kind of have like little negative things to say. I won't say that they were like very, they were very human and very real and being like, you know, it's a lot and kind of being around people and all kind of stuff. And Henry Winkler was like the only one that was like, Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, to just, to, to still feel like, to still feel like I'm, I'm, I mean something to somebody to give them like that type of joy. He's like, I love it outside. He's like outside autographs unto the last person. Oh yeah, no. He, like, he, was, he came like, down off like the stage off. and like came down into the audience and just hung out like right at the yeah. front of the audience instead the of at, he was like talking instead of standing above us or whatever. To have you say that and then me remembering that, I was like, well, he was definitely just telling the truth. Then I was like, because for you to kind of like affirm what he just said, I thought that was like really cool. Yeah, like that. Some celebrities really are. Now there's some celebrities I met that they were just short with me, but you know, I was like, oh, I met you. I, you know, you weren't mean to me. But at the same time, I also right. just, I didn't pay you to meet you, which I know that's what you're here for. But I got to be behind the scenes at some cons because I was working them. I always felt like I'm a vendor. It's a little different. Like, I'm not a paying patron. I'm here with right. you. Like, we're both here doing stuff. So, like, I'm just coming over to say hi, just like you might come by our shop or whatever. So I always felt kind of like the little badge should, you know, should give you a little just more <laughs> like, hey, how's yeah. it going? Um, and you know what I mean, Tony, you, you, you've you been an artist alley. And when you're on that side of the table, it's a little different yeah. uh, when you're there. Um, but I think Deep Roy was the one person who was just as short. And I don't mean that in a pun way that, that came out terrible. Um, that was very, just not quick to, to speak to me. He was just standoffish, if you will. So... Wait, who? Um, Deep Roy. Uh, he played Deep the Oompa Loompa oh, okay. in the Charlie and the Child. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was also in Never Ending Story. Um, he played the, the snail. He was rider. the one that wrote on the snail. Yep. Yeah. And I kind of feel like you're not that famous to do that to me. <laughs> That's how I, I was just like, I just wanted to say hi. Border guard in <laughs> I'm sorry. Revenge of the Fallen in mm-hmm. the Transformers movie. But it's like, it's like how I was like, Okay, all right. Maybe, maybe if Christopher Eccleston did that to me, but still, you're not as relevant. I just love you because Doctor Who is what it is. But if he treated me like that, I'd be like, okay, bro, like, like be happy that I'm here. See, when Bruce <laughs> Campbell treats you that way, it's part of the way he personifies himself when he's at con. He 
likes to be sarcastic and kind of a dick, but that's his shtick. Mm-hmm. So if he was rude to me, I'd be like, oh, Bruce Campbell was rude to me. So really, like, if me, you do that all the time, it's okay, right? He's a Michigander like me, so right. I, would, I would probably, I would probably just dig what he's doing. I'll probably just do it. Do back. it back, right? And then he'd want you to, and then he you know? would like whenever he was on stage, yeah. he would just layer it in, and you know, people, he people, he would like give me a dollar, and they would, and he'd be like, thanks. Like he wouldn't like literally give it back or anything. He would just take money from people. I'd have been like, asked me for that. I'd be like, I'd be like, give me one first. Like I'd be going back and forth with him right. so hard. I like Bruce yep. Campbell. Yeah. yeah, no, he yeah. was a fun guy to meet. Well, anyway, we had to uh, give a review on the show. Deal. And I actually feel like since we are doing just the one movie and we've been chatting, that I think 8.30 as a kill time tonight might be the best way to go. I'm pretty beat, so I think I think that's part of the reason. Um, I'm assuming that's you guys cool. won't be bummed about that. Um, Pizza, Pizza Papa Pop. needs to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> just ignore it. Leave it alone. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Very true. That will Wilkins. Very true. Um, that said, why don't we give our full re- uh, not review, but uh, rating uh, for the film, mm-hmm. and then and then we can uh, see if there's anybody worth rating. Rating. Okay. Rating, then rating. Yeah, so, uh, Mr. Marvelite, Agreed. go ahead. I will say this. Um, this movie is more than I expected it to be. It is worth another watch. Um, it brought back all sorts of nostalgia while also being meta. Um, I definitely liked this film. There's not much I can say, you know, yeah, the Peter Pan, like the, the parallel to that, it's kind of a little messed up because Disney's kind of acknowledging that it kind of did wrong by its own person. Um, but at the same time, I mean, like the film is so on the nose. And I think, I think, I think it wasn't so much Disney doing it as the writers and the, the, the staff saying Disney needs to realize it's what it's done and then let people call it out on it. So, I mean, you know, whoever, whoever came up with that to do that was pretty, was, was being like, um, was being very, had to be very careful not to get called out by Disney because if the executives would have figured out what they were doing, it would have been, you know, kind of, bad on them but with that said i'm gonna say this is a solid eight this is a it's a good film um mm-hmm. it's it's definitely kind of te- like this is what space jam wanted to be and and could not do oh my god, my god like yes. like it doesn't matter I agree. Right? here's the thing you had vo- you had killer voice actors that were doing this mm-hmm. but there was no big name actor physically in this film mm-hmm. um you didn't need a lebron lebron james you just had the characters, and yes, you had some stellar voice acting for it. Um, you had you know, like Zipper being like the Allstate guy, um, you know, and stuff like that. But, but honestly, it didn't. It didn't need like some big, like big name actor to support this group. And I, I really, I, I don't know the actress name that was that was playing the cop that they kind of ended up partnering with. But I really hope that they like this Keep could be a great, okay. This would be a great breakout role for her. To maybe do some more things, and I think to get her some more recognition. She was in Coming to America too. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. See, I have oh, avoided yeah. all comedy sequels. I love the first one. I'm I'm always really apprehensive yeah. about the second one. Same thing. I didn't watch Dumb and Dumber two or Zoolander two, or just because I'm worried. Listen, to me, Coming to America two or Coming to America, which is literally what it is, is a lot of people had issues with it. For me personally, it mimics the same type of weird hokey humor 
from the first one. It's just that it's more modern, and I think that's where it's because it's such a long, like a years long of a like of, of a of a sequel that is trying to place itself within our world, and it can get a little. Uh, a little like eh, I don't think mm. is, Man- is McDowell's all- still a thing. Yes. Okay. And no. Oh. I'm gonna just say that. So, and like where it takes place, it's it's very it's very different, but still the same. Hmm. I can't really. That's the best way I can explain it. That's what I feel like all of them would be like. That's why I'm avoiding it. So yeah, I, I will continue I to would, avoid it. I would love for y'all to watch it so we can talk about it. But um, I'm sorry if I cut you off, Mister Marvelay. But go ahead. No, no, solid ten. Um, but like, I definitely, I definitely want to see her in more stuff. I think she, I think she did a great job. I think she played off of like these all of these fictional characters that she probably had no reference except for like little green like pictures of them or something. Um, but she did a great job, and so I, I definitely liked it. It was an eight for me, and then as a as a twelve year old, definitely a ten. It would have been a ten for as a twelve year old. I mean, it, it was definitely meta. I mean, listen, I I love the crap out of Ace Ventura. Um, this this was right up my alley. All right, and I like Andy Samberg a little bit more because of this film. Nice, yay! Yes. Lala, yeah. your turn. um, as a twelve year old, I probably would have gave gave this like a, a ten probably as a kid because it's just it was chock full of like pretty much everything I've ever watched in my life <laughs> for the most part. It's like somebody went in my head and was like, "All oh, the animation jumping into this movie," and it was like, "This is what it is." Um. Me now, I give this film a solid eight. I give this film a solid eight. Like, 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 um, that Will Wilkins said, like, this movie had no reason being this good. It was like funny and it was heartfelt. You got good voice actors and John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. Like, it just, it just hit the right tone. It hit the right spot. Like, I do like that the Peter Pan character was kind of like a down on his luck. Like, they flipped the, his, like, his own story on him. I like that. Um, I do like the fact that they didn't fall into like the enemy trope where like I'm going to talk nice and soft and I, and I am in the same boat as you. And he was just like, you guys really are stupid enough to think that like I will fall for something. Like he didn't fall into like that trope of being like, we're all the same and then get hoodwinked somewhere. He was, he kind of stayed the course as being like, I'm justified for doing what I'm doing. This is why I'm right for doing what I do. So I like that in the character. Um, it's just a lot about this. I can keep going on and on about. I like the flip of the um, Bjornsson, like his Bjornsson, like how he went from being like, "If you want to have cheese," and it was like, "Oh, you want, you want." Oh, the the eyebrows. Yeah, the eyebrows. <laughs> I love like that moment. I was like, like honestly, they could have easily flipped this a little bit. It made it very dark. It made it very much like a very because like. The, okay, like the, the like the J.K. Simmons fight with Kiki Lane, <laughs> Lane was creepy, and the fact that he was like Gumby, he slid underneath his. He's like the T one thousand. You know what I mean? Like he melted and like slid underneath the door. And, like, the well, I love how she like put the, the cage on his head and like started splitting him. Like, yeah. And then he just like come. It was like it just had great elements to it. It just had it was directed very well, and it was just like I didn't expect this to be good. And you know me, anything a seven and up. I'll watch again, and I'll definitely. I will. This will definitely pop on again somewhere in the near future because it was just, like I said, it's an easy watch. And did y'all know that I'm just looking up the actors who played everybody? Did you know Tim Robbins played Ugly Sonic? Tim Robinson. I'm sorry. Tim Robinson played Ugly Sonic. Tim you know Robinson. Tim Robinson. Yeah. Who is Tim Robinson? Him? You remember the TV show The Detroiters? Like it's Sam Richardson and Tim Robinson. Like. 
you don't know. I don't know who Tim Allen is. I don't. I'm trying to look through the he's cast, a, and I don't. <laughs> that might be. Oh, I see. That's okay. Let me see him. Uh, no, I don't know him. I do not oh, know. Okay. I do now, but I don't. I did not before now. Uh, I have to say that this, what you guys just spoke about, especially with uh, Captain Putty uh, and his <laughs> fight scene, that the the animation styles being completely mixed was necessary because if it was all three D, that would have been a very different scene. Um, so there's a very good point there. Um, because he was clay, it worked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was a sock puppet. Did you guys catch that? Yes, the cop. <laughs> I was like, I there's everything. a sock puppet now. Okay, and I said that out loud. Uh, because why not? But it was just great seeing all the other characters from other scenes. It's not even remotely and, close to okay. And the scale, the scale of the apartment building. Like you're, you're thinking, oh, this is the apartment building they're inside, and all of a sudden the cop shows, shows up at the window. She's in the window, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, that was great. Like, and the E.T. versus Bat or Batman versus E.T. The Bat versus E.T. Yeah, the Bat versus E.T. And it wasn't quite well enough to like tell that it was Batman, but it was good no, enough that we no. knew. We but knew. Listen, that scene is so funny when he's like cradling E.T. and he's like, "I love you." Or something. He said that he was like, "Fine." <laughs> E.T. Yeah. E. forgives or something like that. Right. He's like, "Fine." Like, E.T. forgives, but he was like, "Fine." I was like. <laughs> The funniest thing. So like, weirdly enough, the two writers on this were both writers on How I Met Your Mother. Just putting that out there. Uh, to me, that makes some sense. I think oh, Law might agree no, with that. Um, so for myself, as we've talked about it, I will let some of that problem I had with Dale. Uh, it does make sense to me. Uh, Uncanny Alley was one of the freakiest things I've seen in a cartoon movie ever. Uh, yeah. I, it was very uncomfortable during <laughs> the, the whole cats. thing. Every the whole scene, every moment they show up in that alleyway to find uh, Seth Rogen's barbarian character, Bob the Viking warrior, you will, um, was too much for me. But so I'm going to give this a solid seven uh, because it is rewatchable. And now I kind of want to go back, back and enjoy some things uh, that I missed before. Um, but I still feel off. But I think that's kind of part of it. I do feel like this is Roger Rabbit 2.0. I do feel like they kind of basically said it's the same universe it without is. saying it. Mm -hmm. um, it by him dancing on the dance floor. Yeah, right. Roger was there. So. And they referenced Jessica. So, like, both of them. I mean, to have Paula Abdul and the, and the cat. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Scat cat, that was great. I was like, yes, I was like, that was so good. They were just yeah. dancing and high five each other. I was like, I thought she was happy. Well, there was a South Park character at one point. Uh, I think the dad was in one of the scenes as you swipe swipe yep. by. So like, uh, I couldn't believe yeah. the number of he cameos. Was in, like, he was in the sauna. He was in the sauna with, yeah. the, with, with two of the pigs or something like that. Yeah. Yep. And can we just say the fact that um, Alan Oppenheimer played He-Man and Skeletor in the movie and like mm -hmm. the, the, the history that he has of like Falcor, um, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, Masters of the Universe Revelations, like the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, uh, Transformers. Um, he was even on Who's the Boss. Like this guy has got like one of the most impressive. Like he, I don't. I, I'm not even sure if there's a year that he has not worked. Oh yeah, a lot of voice like, actors have that. They've been working for a long time and yeah, a lot a every year. Time. Can we also talk about the Rick and Morty reference? That's not a Rick and Morty reference. Yes. Oh, when they were going to all the different no, no, no. characters. Chris Parnell is the agent. Jerry from Rick and Morty is the agent for Day or for Dale. So. Jerry is Dale's agent. Right. And then they also showed the uh 
they did it as a cameo of like the uh the different ways that they could change ship and dale so the actor that plays jerry in yeah, no. is so so in a sense he always plays the same character and jerry is that character and that's kind of a running joke so in a sense yes i didn't catch that movie (laughs) that is what it is okay so seven uh and then if i were a kid 12 years old if this came out that that's exactly when this show came out i was i think 10 12 years old it came out in 89 so or no 91 why does it say 89 when I looked it up earlier. What came out of 89? Chippendale well, Rescue Rangers, 1989 or... to 1990. So yeah, I was 12 when it came out. So it's weird because they talked about 91, but I think those were reruns. Regardless, I would have given this a 10 as well, although I think it would have been confused by a lot of the self-referential stuff that we didn't have then. I think I would have been like... 91 was the year that they closed on the third season. That's probably what it was. Oh, I thought that they joked about only having one season. Hmm. No, they did three seasons of uh, Rescue Rangers. Interesting. Did you notice they were listing off some of the episodes as hundreds? I thought that was interesting. There was a lot of like misnomers, and I think they were just playing off of everything. That said, seven and ten, I think generally well-received film for the real study. Uh, I do want to hear what Brian has to say, even if it's just a little blurb. Yeah, um, that'll be fun. So next hopefully week, we'll right? Hopefully, next week we will be having a guest. Uh, he is Josh the Horror Guy from TikTok. If you guys don't follow him, uh, there will be a link in the Discord as well as um, just look him up. I promise you will find him. Uh, he'll be on and we will be reviewing all A24 horror films. And in fact, and we've already got him ready to go. If you look here, we'll be uh, reviewing The Witch, Midsummer, and the movie X, which just got released this year as well as on digital. So all of these are available and I'll post where to find them once... Uh, I do that on the Discord. Good evening and welcome. Also, also, just because you mentioned this before the show as well, and I figured because, um, I guess being that it was Chip and Dale, we have not used the F word at all in this episode. Um, It's kind of because we're saving it up because next week we will probably be hearing a lot of the F-bomb. So just remember, the the real study will probably be more adult-rated when it comes to the conversation because of the horror films. Well, the content's going to be heavy duty, um, yes. especially when you get so. to the movie X. It's pretty heavy duty. Yeah. So, mind um, you, they, the rest of them take my. I don't curse, so they take mine. But um, I will gladly. I think take we're going to all have to like. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll be fun. So yes, uh, prepare for right. a lot of horror, a lot of uh, high production quality horror, um, and and we'll have fun with it. That said, this has been episode twenty nine of the Real Study. I'm Mr. Snippets. And uh, you guys have a great night.